This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming, but New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance, run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hello, gentlemen. <laughs> You okay, man? You need me to do it? You want no, I me got to it. do the intro? Can you do it? Hey, I got it. <laughs> he was looking at me. That's the most sudden shift of <laughs> facial expression I've ever seen. He was looking at me like, oh, God, he's going to kill me. And then he goes, do you? <laughs> just so jarring. Anyway, go try. You got this. Hello, gentle listeners, and welcome to Go! My favorite sports team. Tyler here, your sports guy, sports master, here with Mark, who's didn't watch the Super Bowl. I and well, okay. We, they knew about that last week. Why are you you gonna you gonna? Oh, I'm gonna hold it over your head for a long time. Well, why? I'll watch the next. There'll be another one. Yeah, but the Bengals might not be in it. Well, they might be. That's true. I believe in them, but you didn't watch this one. <laughs> yeah, true. You know, it's it's so funny about uh, the predictions that we made beforehand because I really left it to like random chance of what was gonna happen, and I had no idea. I was completely wrong on my picks. And, and but for that other one, I was just like, man, I should just. I'm from LA. I'm from. Cincinnati. I should just pick LA and Cincinnati, and I didn't do that. Ah. You know what's interesting? You were wrong too. No. You were wrong. I was wrong in the late <laughs> game choices. But I actually, until the divisional round, um, after wild card, I up until the last four teams on each side, mm-hmm. I was 100% correct wow. on all of my predictions. I, wow. you, Not everyone heard my NFC side on uh, the podcast, uh, but I had every single one correct. I called the 49ers beating Dallas uh-huh. and all the other games on that side. And I called the Bengals beating the Titans on the podcast. Mm. So I was correct, but um, the Bills didn't beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs ended up beating the Bills in overtime, but it came down to a coin flip. So I was really close. Mm. So I did really well. So I should get all the points this time for my bowl of cereal or whatever it is. And weirdly enough, I get all the points. It's so strange. Just things aren't fair, man. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about the effect superstars have on sports and their community. The superstar effect. Yeah, that's going to be the title. Okay. Yeah. Why didn't you say it like that? I don't know. I just I, <laughs> You are so I wanted to, I see tears in your eyes. Are you okay, I wanted man? to make uh I, I wanted it to make it more understandable for the listeners. It was less. The oh. superstar effect. People get that, I think, right? I, I maybe you're right. Yeah. 
I'm yeah. overthinking it. My I'm brain's it. my brain's spinning its tires, burning its axles. Have you ever tried uh, where you're trying to exist up in your head and you ever set one side to like spin uh, clockwise and then you try to get the other side to spin counterclockwise, but in your head, not like with a finger or anything, you know? I, I'm doing that right now because you started describing it and it's weird. It feels, you can actually feel it, right? It's, yeah. it's super strange, but it's in your head and you're just like... Uh, and then you start going cross-eyed. Anyway, what? what are we talking about? <laughs> this episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. We're talking about the superstar effect, and this this effect has numerous nuances. Mm. So there's the effect of a player moving to a different city, usually mm. a big name player, say LeBron James. Sure. And there's also the so the effect that it has on the community. There's the effect that it has on the communities leaving, the communities going to. Mm. But there's also an interesting nuance in the effect of player recruitment mm. and expectations and various things along those lines. Because obviously, if you get a superstar, you expect to win, expect to be the best. You've got the best player in the league. Mm -hmm. But there's there's an interesting thing that has happened in recent years over big name players going to different teams. Mm -hmm. And it gets into the front office aspect of professional sports, which is... What is that? 
the front office is generally the people. So you have your general manager, your GM, okay, who works in signing players and trading players, and so all of those player transactions. Okay. So anytime you see somebody in free agency, which is a common term, it's usually a player that is without a contract on a specific team. Mm -hmm. They come in and sign a contract. So the GM is generally your higher up in the front office. Mm -hmm. um, and then he handles another person, usually in staff. There's usually people that are scouts, mm -hmm. which are usually looking at like your draft. They're looking at the players that are coming up into the league from lower Can you levels. dumb it down for okay. me? <laughs> Big head guy. Ah. Player personnel guy. Uh-huh. Scout. These are different people? Yes. Okay. GM make big, big decision. Okay. Final say. Okay. Player personnel. I like this player. I like that player. I want, I want. Okay. I want get rid of this player. Uh -huh. I want get rid of that player. I am following so much better. <laughs> like I'm not alive. <laughs> I'm really getting it. I'm really getting it. Scout. Uh go watch player. Ah. Uh -huh. Player good. Uh huh? Player bad. Oh. Player have character issue. Oh. Me no want. Ah. Character character. Off court. Off court. Problematic. Madic? Drive fast. Drink and drive. Ah! Uh, beat people up. Oh, bad. Connor McGregor. <laughs> yes. That's what it comes to mind. Am I wrong? I don't know. Am I getting in trouble by saying that? No, because he's a UFC fighter. He does I just, that. But I just know that he threw a chair through a bus window and hit an old man. Or yeah. an old lady. I don't know. An old person. Yeah. Or Henry Ruggs, who, like, terrible car accident, was under the influence and drove incredibly fast and killed people. Okay. Character problem. I yes. now understand that. Yes. So those are the main people in the front office that I'm referring to. But why the front office? It's your front facing towards players. On the field? Is it a literal office? Yes, but it's not necessarily front facing the field, but it's your front line when it comes to player acquisition. Where is the office, Tyler? In the stadium. Where? In the front? Wh sure. Where? <laughs> I don't know where their office the is. The entrance is at the front with the concession stands. That's the front. I don't see no general man. I never go to a game. So They're usually they? the top level, like high high up in the stadium. That's not the front. It's called the front office because it's front facing towards the players. Okay. All right. I'll let this go for now. And it's you're your, on thin ice. And it's your first front in building a team. Okay. You may continue. Thank you. <laughs> so your your GM and your director of player personnel are the ones that are generally recruiting players and signing players sure. out of free agency or making trades. Like mm -hmm. um, recently happened for Ben Simmons in the NBA. Okay. Um, there were there were transactions. I gave you this player. I gave you these draft picks. We get this person's contract. Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. So okay. you, you can trade draft picks. Yes. Really. Yes. Those aren't just like set in stone assigned. That's, no, that's literally how the Los Angeles Rams got as many great players as they did. Really? Yeah. How they got Jalen Ramsey was draft picks. Aaron Donald, they did draft. Mm -hmm. um, Matt Stafford, they traded their quarterback and draft picks to bring him in from Detroit. Uh -huh. They have basically traded every draft pick they have over the next like five years. Oh. The Rams sold out to win the Super Bowl. Huh. They basically said, screw future rookies and stuff like that. Uh -huh. We want players that we know are good now. Uh -huh. 
and we're going to sign them. I mean, seems like a sound strategy, I guess. It yeah, won it them worked. A Super Bowl. Exactly. It, it worked. And, and if that team is good, it'll be good next year, right? Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. All right. So the front office handles player personnel transactions. Mm-hmm. So they are the ones that literally build who's on the court or who's on the playing field or who's doing whatever for the team. Okay. They're making contracts. They're making deals. They're wheeling, dealing to get the best players. Sure. And so in the case of like LeBron going to the Miami Heat, this happened a while ago. One of the things he said was he didn't feel the Cleveland Cavaliers uh-huh. were working hard enough in the front office to build a team around him. I remember some of this. I remember it because did you? I remember the one gif of like it was a what is it in basketball the final games? What is it? The NBA Finals. The NBA Finals. I just remember one of his teammates just held on to the ball or something, thought the clock was already out, and I just remember LeBron James just this expression of like. <laughs> Like, pass the ball. Like, what are you doing? Exactly. What are you, what are you doing? I just remember this. You can't see it on, but you can imagine it. Yeah, Tyler, describe my face. He's got like a frown, but his <clears throat> mouth is open. It's <clears throat> almost like a panic, <clears throat> crying, <clears throat> uh, angry combination <clears throat> while he's just like frustrated and confused. <clears throat> yeah, what are my arms doing? Your arms are shaking as they're reaching out, like they're parallel. towards the they're person. Parallel. They're they're parallel to the ground, yeah. flexing. My palms are at a 90 degree angle to the ground, perpendicular to the ground. And his eyebrows are angled down. His eyes are squinted. <clears throat> and he looks like he's going to cry or kill somebody. And that was what LeBron James looked like in the gif that I saw. And I remember him not being happy. I I, th- I saw that expression and I was like, that's the expression of an unhappy man. Yeah. And so he was the biggest name in basketball mm. with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm. He put that team on his back time and time again to get them to that point, to that <laughs> pinnacle. I'm so sorry. I just remember this video of, of this guy playing Madden. He's like, like I forget he was playing with this guy, and he had a broken his the game. He had a broken. I leg. know what you're you know, talking like, about. I put the team on my back. I got broken. Like and he's running it like 25 miles an hour down the field with a limp. Just the game. Just I put the team on my back. It's just like that's what it reminded me of. That's a great video. Will, can you put in the audio then? No, oh, let's go inside the mind of a Greg Jenny. Dog, I gotta do this shit. I put a team on my fucking back, though. My leg broke. I don't know how the fuck I'm running right now, though. I'll do this shit for Madden. (sighs) And LeBron, him as a superstar, he created this entire event called The Decision. He got a lot of criticism for this. Whoa. Because it was big. Yeah, so there was a lot of publicity about it, about what team is he going to go to. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people didn't like what he did, but it was built up a ton of hype. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of media attention. There was money to be made. He mm-hmm. made money from it. Yeah. But people didn't like it, especially in Ohio, because obviously he left Ohio. Mm-hmm. He was playing in high school when we were in high school. Yeah. Like it was the talk in high school. If you talked about sports in high school, like when it was basketball season, LeBron James was the topic in mm. high school. Even when he was in high school. Yes. He was huge. Like, just a huge human who had incredible talent and skill in the basketball court to the point to where there was national media attention on LeBron James in high school. In high school? Yeah. Oh, that sounds awful. His nickname was the Akron Hammer. Oh, he's from Akron? Yeah. Oh, 
I figured that he was from Ohio because I remember he had like some kind of like feelings toward Cleveland in general. Like he he wanted to be there originally, yeah. right? Yeah. I didn't know he was from Akron. He said if he went to college, he wouldn't went to Ohio State. Mm, okay. um, but he's he's from Akron. He didn't he, go to college. No, he, he skipped college basketball. He went from high school straight into the NBA. <laughs> what? Yeah. At does 18, that happen? It does. Uh, Kobe Bryant did the same thing. Oh. God bless his soul. May he rest in peace. Yes. But I don't think it's allowed anymore. Uh, I think LeBron was the last person signed from high school. And we can talk about those rules and stuff uh-huh. another time because I don't like it. And it has to do with Was, it, was he even 18 then? He was. Oh, when okay. he signed his contract, he was 18. Right. And in baseball, they do it all the time. Baseball mm-hmm. players get signed out of high school all the time. Really? Yeah. Some of the top baseball players in major leagues have been signed out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, some elect to go to college because they want you know their scholarship and they want to get more time and also get an education. But there are a number of high school players that go straight into Major League Baseball. Hmm. But the most interesting point of this is like when you have a superstar at that level, all eyes are on that person. Hmm. You want to talk about revenue? Hmm. You're talking jersey sales. Hmm. You're talking, you know, just publicity of viewership. Yeah. So you get that ad revenue. You know what that's like. You're you're on YouTube doing big things. I know yeah. what that's like. Why I mean, you guys say it like that though? Hey, because hey, you know what you that's know, like. You know, you know yeah. what yeah. you do the YouTube thing. You do the YouTube. You, you got this. the ads. I <laughs> the ads. <laughs> Yeah, I do know what that's like. Yeah, I, I, I could draw some parallels, but I'll wait to draw parallels in a little bit. Yeah, and so as an athlete, like he's got to basically can create his own line of clothing. Mm-hmm. He's done incredible charity work over the years as well mm-hmm. for Ohio. Yeah, and so when you get that superstar, it's a boon to not only your team, mm-hmm. your franchise. Yeah, it's a boon to your city. Because people are also going to travel to see those players. Mm-hmm. When their team comes in to play, they're like, I want to see how this guy lines up against that guy. Mm-hmm. It's a dick measuring contest. Pretty much. It always is. So there's just a oh, boon. And even then, you recruit fans that are local that otherwise were like, ah, that team sucks. I don't care. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you have this incredible player. Even if they suck, it's like, I want to see LeBron James. Yeah. I want to see Aaron Donald. I want to see Joe Burrow. Like, yeah, there's a boon to it. It's like, like you said in in the episode previously about like everybody was like Joe Burrow is practically a god in Cincinnati. Like mm-hmm. he walks in, somebody, somebody's going to take care of him. Yeah, exactly. And, and like that's always been very fascinating to me. It, it's it's more prevalent in sports than I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's more prevalent in sports than I would think even Hollywood stars. Because there's always like conf- super conflicted opinions about some Hollywood celebrities or traditional celebrities or whatever have you, even YouTubers and stuff like that. Um, but when it comes down to a sport hero, like if say Brad Pitt walked into a bar. Mm-hmm. People would probably be like, ooh, can I get a picture? If Joe Burrow walked into a bar in Cincinnati, they would be cheering his name, chanting, stomping on tables, stomping on the floor. Everyone would buy him a beer. Everyone would want to shake his hand. Like with someone like Brad Pitt or any celebrity, like they may be good people. I don't know, you know, whatever. But no one's going to be like, I just want to shake your hand. I'm honored to meet you. Like it's a different level of respect, you know? You kind of get this like, ooh, the beautiful people. But then you get like a sport hero. There's something you can relate to 
right? That's what it boils down to. Like, especially Joe Burrow is a great example because he's from Ohio, grew up in uh, Athens, right? Yeah, Athens, Ohio. He grew up in Athens. He could be me. He could be you. He could be any of us. And people can really, like, see themselves in someone like that. And so sports icons, you know, don't get me wrong. A lot of them are incredibly fit. Very handsome and or beautiful people. Uh, But when it comes down to it, like, people can really identify with that more, I think. I think in that particular example, the Mm -hmm. difference in that is the fact that, like, an athlete and a celebrity are distinctly different in one specific way. And that is that the athlete, when people talk about their home team, the team they root for, Mm -hmm. they say it's my team. Right. You never say that about like a celebrity and an actor or Mm -hmm. anything like that. That's like, that's not my actor. George Clooney's from Cincinnati, Ohio. Mm -hmm. He grew up in Northern Kentucky. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about him as being like, he's our actor, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. When you are an athlete in a city and you do well and you're exceptional, Mm -hmm. you are a hero. Mm-hmm. Like you could have saved 12 babies and you want to get as much attention mm-hmm. as an athlete that brings success to your city. Yeah. It's because they feel like they're a part of it and it's something that it's just uplifting. They lift the city up. Mm-hmm. They lift you up. There's this interesting thing and nuance with regard to sports fandom to where it's so connected to the point to where it's like their success is my success. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so when it comes to that front, they are a hero. They're not just a celebrity. They're not just this great athlete. They are the hero of the city. Yeah, and that that's uh, definitely going back to when I was back in Cincinnati, you know, I was at the airport, the Covington Airport, which is in Kentucky, mind you, and they were shouting out, like, who day over the intercom. Like, everyone was about, they were talking about Joe Burrow. And and just the intercom announcements, like, I, I would say 20% of them were about the Bengals. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone was proud of it. I would love to see, like productivity data of the weeks leading up to the Super Bowl for people. Because I wonder if it goes up or down based on people are like slacking off work because they're like, oh, I can't think of anything. Or or if they're more proud and they're more like our city, my city, I got to do it for my city. Because I imagine, I've always said that inspiration is the most valuable currency to humanity. If you can inspire someone, you can like move mountains, right? And Mm -hmm. that's what that does. It makes people proud. And being proud of yourself, there's literally a physiological effect to I like I I only know in in men with testosterone like your testosterone levels go up when you feel like you're winning you know when you feel proud and stuff like that and I'm sure it's the same for any human with like a number of hormones and but I also wonder conversely with Cleveland when LeBron left yeah what that did to the data of the city and the people was there like depression that kind of like rose up there was anger and anguish yeah um especially with what he did with the decision like the number of people that i heard that were cleveland fans Mm. that said i hate lebron james Mm. after that yeah was completely mind-boggling yeah because you went from being a hero Mm. to a villain yeah it's like that uh dark knight quote you either uh die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain yeah That is literally the epitome of what happened Mm -hmm. to LeBron, which is crazy to me, too. Now he's in Los Angeles. He's playing for the Lakers now. Mm -hmm. And so the All-Star game happened this past weekend, Mm -hmm. and they were in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, crazily enough, Steph Curry, who we talked about in the basketball primer that may have already happened or is to come, Mm -hmm. I don't know, he's also from Akron. Oh, damn, Akron. (laughs) Yeah. Akron pumps him out. (laughs) 
so they were playing there and people were booing Steph because he's with the Golden State Warriors, but mostly they booed him because the Golden State Warriors beat LeBron and the Cavs in the finals uh, multiple times, three out of four times that they made it. And then the, the Cavs made it over the hump when LeBron finally brought a championship to Cleveland. Uh which was a promise he made when he was in high school, I think. Hmm. Or when he got drafted. It might have been the promise he made when he got drafted. But the most interesting nuance in that is he was celebrated again Yeah. in Cleveland, which was, to me, surprising because, I mean, it's been a while since the decision, and he's, of course, brought a championship to them in there that time. Mm -hmm. But, like, he was a villain when he was with the Miami Heat to Cleveland fans. Mm -hmm. And to random people in ohio they just stopped supporting him yeah i personally have always liked lebron james i think he's carried himself well and as a superstar in the nba he has had like no off court issues mm -hmm. as far as i know he has been an absolute stand-up guy off the sporting field mm -hmm. and to the point to where he's done so much for charity he's created this whole education fund and school for underprivileged kids like mm -hmm. He's done a tremendous amount for the community, both in Cleveland and Los Angeles. But it's just one of those things that oftentimes you run into some of these superstars that aren't the greatest off the field. Mm -hmm. And he's one of those that that is. And seeing him be celebrated and stuff like that. And uh, the NBA was honoring the 75 best players all time. Mm -hmm. And he's on that list, as is Steph Curry. But like Magic Johnson was there. Michael Jordan. These names may mean nothing to you, but they're like the pinnacles of the nba shaquille o'neal was there i know about that one yeah he's in the back of my mind all the time i know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but larry bird like there's so many scotty pippen uh -huh. um i i don't know if some of these that i'm naming are on the list because i i was busy this weekend with other stuff that uh -huh. i didn't get to catch the actual honoring ceremony but um Draymond Green was also there. Like it was just an incredible celebration of the best athletes the NBA has ever seen. Mm -hmm. All of these athletes have one major thing in common in the fact that they're all superstars. Mm -hmm. They're all people that have like it goes beyond sport, their their marketability. Here's a question. Yeah. Do you think that the age of social media has changed how superstars are perceived or made? Because with the the readiness of opinions, and weirdly enough, this is not related to sports, but Amy was telling me about this uh, season of Survivor, right? Mm -hmm. I don't watch Survivor, but she's made me watch some episodes. Oh, not made me, like I've voluntarily watched some episodes. It's not really my show, but I can appreciate it. Um, but she was telling me that like before, when someone pulled a real dick move on Survivor, like really screwed someone over, really stabbed them right in the back. You know, they wouldn't get the instantaneous feedback that, you know, or hate from people because people were just like watching a show. But when Twitter came on, like the season after Twitter became popular or like started to become popular, uh, this one person pulled a real, real dick move. I know exactly. Do you watch Survivor? No, I know the reference. Back when this happened, yeah. I was watching Survivor. My mom really enjoyed watching yeah, Survivor, yeah, yeah. so I'd watch Survivor with her. And, and so this person uh like i'm not spoiling anything no names and names but if you know you know I'm, I'm guessing but just like pull this move and then just got this avalanche of hate on on twitter just like endless barrage of just like how could you do that to that person they were there for you and they helped you and all this yada 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 and they'd never experienced anything like that the people who made survivor had never experienced anything like that this person got the most vitriol ever and so what social media i think does is really change the speed of dialogue and like uh, with with like crowd mentality and all that
that stuff and social dynamics. It just, it changes the pace. So these superstars can rise and fall and then people can change their minds. And it kind of turns everything into a state of flux where there's very rarely one person that is unanimously loved versus another who is unanimously hated. But the ebb and flow is so fast. You can go from being loved to hated in a second or someone could be nobody and then rise to fame for the simplest meme, you know, stuff like that. Do you think that has an effect on the sport world? It absolutely does. There's a particular instance that I can refer to after the Super Bowl. Eli Apple, who's a cornerback who's bounced around the league for a little bit. He was drafted by the New Orleans Saints. Okay. He went to Ohio State, by the way. Okay. Went to the Giants. He didn't perform to the level that of expectations. He actually had a really great year in Cincinnati. Uh-huh. And Eli Apple talks a lot. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that, like, he, he talks game. Mm-hmm. and he'll trash talk and he'll do all of that stuff. Like he said, he wanted to guard Odell Beckham, who was arguably one of the best receivers in the NFL mm-hmm. because he knows his moves from practicing against him at New York when they were both in New York. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that the game-winning touchdown was scored on. He was the one that had pass interference called on him in, in previous plays. And for me, there's a number of Bengals fans that said stuff too. I, I don't believe in giving an athlete hate because in my opinion, like, Dude, you're human. Even the greatest of athletes make mistakes all the time. Joe Burrow had three picks back to back to back in regular season. Like literally each play was an interception. Mm -hmm. And they lost that game largely because of those three interceptions. Mm -hmm. But he got absolutely destroyed Mm -hmm. to the point to where people were putting up memes about Eli Apple winning Super Bowl MVP because of how bad he played or this Mm. and that, which he didn't actually play bad. If you actually pay attention to every play, Mm -hmm. he played really well. He just had the game winning touchdown scored on him and people gave him a bunch of crap because of, you know, he talks a lot. Mm -hmm. And so he got an insane amount of hate and he honorably, much like you, Mm -hmm. thrived on that Fuck you, energy. <laughs> he basically I wasn't sure said, where you're going with that. <laughs> he, he said, you woke a fire within me. I'm just going to come back better than I've ever been. And I'm going to absolutely prove all of you haters wrong. Okay. But the amount of people like even Bengals fans are like, get him out of here. I'm like, dude, that's the guy I want on my team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I understand you may think because people snap judgments, like you said, Twitter mm-hmm. and social media. Sure. And so. I respect him. And it's one of those things that I've seen his journey through the league because he was at Ohio State and everybody in Ohio like likes Ohio State for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I followed his career for a good bit. Mm-hmm. And he played great in college. And I don't think he played absolutely terrible in the NFL up until joining the Bengals. Mm-hmm. But he's being outed as the scapegoat. Right. And so he's getting a lot of hate on social media. And, and so it does have that effect, that ebb and flow. Like he was the hero of the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the Titans. It was the Titans. Yeah. He knocked the ball away that turned into an interception that gave them the game-winning field goal opportunity. Fun. So, like, he's made great plays, but uh, that one, the Super Bowl, it's like... It's because he made himself a target, right? Right. Because if you talk, like, you got to back it up 100% of the time or it's ammo for people, right? Yeah. Like, people... I mean, haters on the internet, that's just, like, a ubiquitous thing now. There's always going to be someone hating something, and, and like, I don't think there's ever going to be a point that the internet exists and people hating on things for the most random reasons don't exist. But then there's people that are super haters who look for fights to pick and are like, I, you said this, I'm going to put this in my secret hate stash and I'm going to stuff it in my hate pockets so they can convert when you fuck up eventually because I know that I may not be perfect but you'll fuck up eventually and I'll be there for it. And then so they're just like, yeah, with their grenade of hate. And they're just like, you said this and you were wrong in this moment. None of the other moments that they were right. But here, 
weirdly, this brings me back to an obscure moment when we were doing improv stuff on yeah. the Try Not to Laugh Challenge, and Amy agreed to try one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bob came up to you is like, "I'm YouTube viewers," <laughs> and he he's like. Oh, a normal mark video. Nah. And he threw a piece <laughs> on your face. And he said, oh, a Happy Wheels video. He throws like a whole handful on your face. That's what it made me think of when you're like, oh, my hate pocket with my hate jewels. Yeah. Oh. Know, right? yeah. <laughs> no one so, knows what we're talking about. Don't look it up. <laughs> well, I recently saw it because um, for whatever reason, it popped up. Somebody posted on TikTok saying uh -huh. it was like their favorite clip and tagged me in it. Oh, yeah. And it's just Bob being Bob. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just like, oh, and so when you said that my brain instantly connected it to that. Right, but um yeah, I think that definitely has an effect in a massive way. And in the superstar sense, like the decision that mm. LeBron James put on would not have happened mm. if not for the social media world that exists. Mm. And it even would be bigger today because like you go back to big time athletes switching sports or stuff like that happen. It's just media and marketing and all the attention it's thrown on TV. Mm -hmm. But the level in which a player suddenly has control of their marketability mm -hmm. because of social media is exponentially different. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about destroying who lost his um, eligibility in the NCAA. Did we? Yeah, who? previously. Destroying? His Des name is Destroying? On YouTube, yeah. Destroying. Yeah. Who is that? He's a YouTuber. He, what does he do? He's a kicker. Um, he does a lot of kicking videos and athlete videos and sports videos. Okay. But he was a kicker at UCF, and he basically, uh, in the, the coaching episode, um, he's the one who got kicked out of the NCAA because he wasn't oh allowed to earn money right. from YouTube. Right. The name-likeness image stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He rose to fame because of social media. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he was an incredible athlete and still is an incredible athlete in what he is capable of, especially kicking-wise. Yeah. But he's to the level to where, like, social media actually has done him well. He's gotten tryouts and various stuff for NFL teams and things mm -hmm. like that. And it's the same thing with, like, celebrity effect nowadays. Like, anybody can pretty much rise up if they just become a big enough name. Mm -hmm. Like, Mr. Beast, who rose up so rapidly, puts on great productions and does a lot of really cool things. Mm -hmm. Like, because of social media, you have that ability to rise to fame. Think about it as an athlete level. All of a sudden, you can use that for your recruitment. You can use that for suddenly you get more money. You can get drafted higher. You have a greater impact on the community and greater money-making avenues mm -hmm. to where you don't have to pay somebody to market it like Michael Jordan had to for his basketball shoes, mm -hmm. which by far is still the highest revenue and most selling basketball shoe of all time. Mm -hmm. You suddenly can just be like this. And this is what the Ball family did, uh, Lamella Ball, and um, I can't remember all their names, but they they created Big Baller brand mm -hmm. and created their own shoe line and merch company before they were even in the NBA. Weird. So like that superstar effect suddenly branches down to social media and gives that power on that front as well. Yeah, but I also want to kind of make a distinction here because mm -hmm. there is the superstar effect and then there's a celebrity effect, right? right? That's kind of what I was bringing up earlier where you can get popular on social media, but it doesn't make you a hero, right? Mm -hmm. There's tons of people that go out there and have incredible success being a quote-unquote influencer or they TikTok blows up or whatever and they become a celebrity. It doesn't mean always 
always. To some, it will. But it doesn't mean that they become that hero because of that. Like, with today's social media, it has created a different brand of celebrity. It has created an entirely different field of marketing. And it's created an entirely different field of e-commerce. Because you have these people that, for some reason, people want to gravitate towards them, watch their stuff, watch them play, whatever. And they will listen to them because they are followed on social media. But it doesn't mean that they worship them. It doesn't mean that they look up to them or are inspired by them. And then there's people like, say, Joe Burrow, to go back to this example, or Tom Brady, to go to another example, where they perform. They do something for the people that followed them, and they win. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom Brady, he wins. He just goes, he throws that ball, and he wins. You know, you know you've seen him. Play. I know. He's I'm like, not going to bite the bait like, right he's now. He's like, you know, some people... <laughs> I don't know sports, but some people call him the greatest of all time. They do the same thing with LeBron. They do. Man, right on both fronts. <laughs> anyway, you got a hero like Tom Brady. You got to like shout his name like we shout in the podcast. I'd say you shout his name louder than you say, go. You say, go, my favorite sports name. But you say, Tom Brady. No. Tom no. Brady. <laughs> Anyway, but you, oh God, the hate, his mouth is just a a single line, like a knife cut across his face. It's slightly upturned, which makes you think he's smiling, but he's not because his brow is furrowed deeply. The breathing is intensifying. He looks just like Tom. I'm not going to talk about it. (laughs) Anyway. So I actually, I wasn't done. (laughs) The hero effect. I think it's different than like a celebrity versus a hero. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I've actually pulled up a peer-reviewed article okay. written. It's called The LeBron Effect. Is a superstar worth the money? Mm-hmm. And so the basics in the abstract is basically says every industry has superstars. Uh-huh. But the distinction is um, most commonly we see and pay superstar athletes the most, whether that's the most money or the most attention. It's mm-hmm. both. Yeah. Um, so basically the difference between celebrities and stuff like that, obviously you can use a celebrity to promote a film and people will flock to it if they're huge fans of mm-hmm. that celebrity sure. or that actor. But um, athletes really drive fans to come and flood the area and the arena with fans. Fans. Like the superstar just attracts. So sure. you're talking about ticket sales. Mm-hmm. 
drives up ticket sales. Obviously more people are attending games. It drives up merch sales because more people are wanting to buy yeah. that star athlete. Yeah. Like that team, yeah. Yeah, that memorabilia. Mm -hmm. So like you could have a great team that has no superstars. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have the same amount of jersey sales as you have by having a LeBron James right. or having a Joe Burrow so or like you said Tom Brady. <laughs> So this article uh, has actual data about like the finances yeah. behind these superstars. I would love to hear this. Yeah. So the the basic abstract. Um, so they they have research methods and stuff like this. This was done by uh, Dr. Todd Harris, mm -hmm. um, Dr. Kathleen Ferris Costa, and uh, Jakari Griffith. I apologize if I uh, butchered their names. You probably did, but it's okay. They're no superstars. So you remember is, in Five Nights at Freddy's? Rumors. That's why the term superstar is so familiar. You're my superstar. Did you play Security Breach? No, I've not played a single Five Nights at Freddy's. Tyler, you're my superstar. And then I'm dead. Well, this study, an article <laughs> is read by... You want to talk about Tom Brady some more? No! Why not? Um, <laughs> For those of you at home, Tyler has a uh, controversial opinion on Tom Brady. Not we'll get to it later! <laughs> okay, oh, okay. This article was written by Colin... Jocelyn. And so it was submitted in partial completion of the requirement for Commonwealth honors and management at Bridgewater State University. Can you dumb that down? I don't understand that. It's it's basically a thesis. Oh, dumber. A big paper earned degree. Uh, what degree? <laughs> doctoral. What? <laughs> Not medical doctor. Big smart <laughs> doctor. <laughs> uh, at Bridgewater State University. <laughs> so what it aims to do is decide whether superstars are worth the money okay and the basis they they use lebron james in this big example and this was written back in 2019 sure so it's a couple years old and so they did a combination of qualitative and quantitative methodologies to research nba superstar lebron james and his possible impact on the franchises he plays for in the cities he has played in throughout his career so the economic impact on both the the city itself and the the team that he plays for mm -hmm. and so uh the three factors they focused on was the performance of the team the impact on attendance and franchise valuation Mm -hmm. So whether it made the like if the owner of the team wanted to sell the team at that time, okay, whether that price went up. So and they're looking at his 11 year career where he played in multiple cities, mostly Cleveland and Miami in this case. Mm -hmm. um, I think he had moved to Los Angeles at the end of this. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of when. He Give me the data. Angeles. I want the juicy numbers. Oh, I got a I got a scan. Oh, it's defining a superstar. It is. Yeah. Ah, what is the definition? So, skimming, 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 skimming. Oh, my God. Um, we find that some people define stars as athletes who receive the majority of all-star votes in, to all-star games. So, those are the superstars They the, in sports. They're the top-tier all-star vote-getters. Sure. All-pro, all-this. Sure, sure, you know. sure. That's a boring definition, but whatever. Yeah. Really uninspired. But really, what it is, is there are people and individuals in sports or otherwise that stand I out. Oh, I God. get it. I get yeah, it. I know your definition. Oh. I was just wondering what science said about <laughs> well, superstars. Give me the data. Me want data. All right. So here's some data for you. Okay. Larry Bird. Mm-hmm 
arguably one of the best players in NBA history. Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Tim Duncan are all on this chart. Sure. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson both played 13 seasons. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan did 15, LeBron 16, Duncan 17. Mm -hmm. Draft position, LeBron was number one, Magic Johnson was number one, Tim Duncan was number one, a.k.a. the first player overall selected. Okay. Michael Jordan was number three, and Larry Bird was number six. Mm. Number of all-star games. Michael Jordan, 14, LeBron, 15, Tim Duncan, 14, Magic Johnson, 11, Larry Bird, 12. Mm -hmm. All-star votes per season. Larry Bird, 500,000. Mm -hmm. Magic Johnson, 580,000. Michael Jordan, just shy of a million. LeBron, around 1.5 million. Tim Duncan, 1.1 million. That just sounds like a thing like more people were voting later. That's anyway, yeah. Give me the number dollar numbers. I don't oh. want these numbers. These numbers are meaningless to me. I want to know what their financial impact was on their societies, their communities. All right. So they're looking at performance metrics first. Mm -hmm. Attendance numbers. All right. So LeBron's impact on attendance is very substantial. And again, it is positive increase. LeBron's first arrival in Cleveland, the average home attendance for Cavs games was around 60% compared to the previous year. Increased by 60%. Oh, oh increased what was what was the what wait it doesn't tell me the exact numbers so one man increased attendance to the cleveland cavaliers basketball games by 60 percent yeah after he was drafted the cleveland franchise had their home attendance increased by 57 percentage points more than the league average of 2.08 percent what cleveland's away attendance not just home games also increased by about 17 percent so when they not even in his own city, yeah, people wanted to see LeBron. Yeah, so there was a seventeen percent increase in attendance at other cities because LeBron was there. Okay, how much is a basketball ticket? Let me get some numbers here. How oh, much that changes over the years? But oh, just let me like see. give me a rough. Oh, like, we bought them that one time. We went to a Lakers game. Did we? Yeah. Oh yeah, just like uh, average. What is it like? Uh, Fifty bucks? I have no idea. You're spot on. Hey! 51.02. Okay, so 50 bucks. How many people are were going to games in Cleveland? It's like, I don't know how many people can fit in that arena. All right, how many in the arena? Yeah. Average NBA arena size. About 19,000. 19,000 people. Okay, so if it, if it increased 60%, then it couldn't have been more than half full because a 60% increase of that would get it close to full. Around, I would assume it would be around 50% so, full on every average time. I will say... More often than not, I know this because of living in Ohio. Uh, once he was drafted, mm -hmm. they sold out almost every game. They sold out every game. Yeah. So they went from not selling, like they sold maybe 40% before LeBron James. They almost sold out every single game. 19,000 times 50. 20 times 50 would be 100. It's 9.5K nine nine yeah, per game. That's half. So it'd be about 10.2 would be 60%. It's a lot of more money because they're buying concessions and they're buying merch. That's astonishing. 70% outside of the city. That it was 17%. 17, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah, 17% yeah. outside of the city, 60%. Is, that's for what, how much did he cost? That's what this article is talking about, right? How yeah. much did he cost uh, to play LeBron's at Cleveland? original contract, 42.1 million. 40, a year? A year? His two-year deal, $42.1 million. Okay, so that's over two years. So he would have to make $21 million a year back in ticket sales, merch sales. How many games does NBA play a year? 
Oh, this is this is not his initial contract. This is 2014. Either way, how how many NBA games played a year, including playoffs? So they play 72 games. They say let's have 72 games. Okay, let's assume half are home, half are away. Is that a yeah? That's okay. a good estimate. So 36. So if, if they were selling like just in ticket sales, near a million in ticket sales alone, and merch sales, concessions, you play 30 whatever 36 games at home even at his most expensive plus the games away mm-hmm. update lebron james original contract was 18.8 million for four years his rookie contract with okay. the Cavs. oh my god even that's <laughs> these numbers are stunning to me 72 games over a year all these things selling out basically for this one guy Ticket sales, merch sales, all this stuff over the course of so many years that he played, like the amount of money that he was worth. Did they have a conclusion in that article? So a 16% increase in attendance increased their ticket sales revenue. If you're saying $50 per ticket uh-huh. per game by $525,000 oh, oh when he God. signed this rookie contract. That's so you're talking home. about, oh, those are at home. That's the, that's, at that's home. the 60%. Okay, okay, okay. That's at home. So. If you multiply that by 72, uh-huh. you get 37 million in just ticket sale increase. increase revenue. Yes. In a season. That's oh, I've multiplied by the wrong number. I should have multiplied by 36. I just divide by two. So yeah, he paid for himself. Yeah. Yeah, he did. That's just ticket sales. That's just ticket sales. 18 point just under 18.8 million okay, in his so, first year. So the conclusion would be, even outside of that article, is Yes, these superstars are worth it. And I would almost say that the the other players aren't nearly worth it if they don't bring people in. Oh, God, that's why people like Conor McGregor keep getting these big ticket fights is because it doesn't matter how controversial they are because people hating them doesn't matter because people still want to see him fight. It's the name. It's the name. It's why Floyd Mayweather, still yeah. to this day, who's 40 plus years old, uh-huh can still rake in the highest pay-per-view numbers if he does a fight. Because he's undefeated, right? Yeah, he's got the name. He's got the reputation. And everyone wants to see the fight that he loses, right? But, you know, he keeps winning. So, like, it's like people playing the lottery. It's like your chance of winning is no different when the number is low versus the number is high. But when the number is high, everyone's like, ooh, it could be me. So they put in money, you know. It's like, and it just fuels it higher. And it just, like, it's exponential until finally someone wins because enough people are playing, you know. It's almost backwards logic in everything. Except, except, like, I get it for people that are, like, good and, and superstars in that respect, and I feel like the effect is probably more for that. But it just, I can see the series of events that leads these general managers in the front office to make decisions that are less focused on just how people play and more so on, like, can this person get asses in our seats and make us money? Because at the end of the day, that's what they care about. You know, wasn't there a thing where there was, like, a general manager that was like, I'll pay you a hundred thousand for every game you lose wasn't that a thing that's a thing that was talked about uh in the nfl right now f- yeah. towards coaches because they're trying to tank for the draft pick right um there, there's a whole other issue going on with that i'm sure because yeah, there's I'm there's sure. a racial discrimination problem uh. as far as coaching hires in the nfl and there's a lawsuit that's currently happening because of this circumstance uh. um, because a lot of stuff is coming out of the word work you know it's bad when the nfl literally has a rule that you have to interview so many um minority candidates really 
yeah, there's actually a rule that forces owners to have to interview minority candidates. They had to make that rule, which doesn't make any sense because the majority of athletes that play in the NFL Uh are from minorities. Yeah. So people that generally know a lot about football are the ones that also played football. Uh Uh-huh. Catch my drift. There's a yeah. problem there. No, that that's insane because like even if you were working on like this absurd racial bias, like why would you not evaluate people just on how well they can perform? Like that should be the basis of everything if it was a perfect world, but it's not a perfect world. So I'll just shut up. Yeah. To add more to the LeBron James data, when he moved to Miami, mm-hmm. Miami saw an 11.55% increase in home attendance. Mm. League-wide, there was a 1.18% in attendance. So you're talking about a 10% difference from the league-wide average. Right. They also saw 7.8% in away attendance. Mm-hmm. I would say that like the, that makes sense to me. The away attendance being closer to what it was in Cleveland is because the same number of people outside of the country kind of were like, he's a hero, but to Cleveland specifically, he was a god. Until yes. he left and he was Until he left and villain. he was a villain. But going to Miami, like Miami doesn't have the same connection. All they have is like, oh, I know that name. He's a good player and ah, he's coming to us. All right, cool. And so some people would see him. But right. that, that I would totally understand why that increase wouldn't be the same. When he returned to Cleveland, Mm -hmm. the home attendance increased by Mm, 18.6%. Not as many people were excited. Away by 8, almost 9%. So pretty same. Yeah, and his latest arrival in L.A. had the smallest percentage change. Granted, L.A. has always had one of the top ticket sales and fan bases loyalty in the league because they just have a long history of winning. Mm-hmm. And they've had superstars like Kobe Bryant, Shaquille mm-hmm. O'Neal, and stuff yeah. like that. So they're used to having superstars. So it's hard to gauge that. Mm-hmm. Because when LeBron also came was like, they had other people on the team. They also grabbed like Anthony Davis and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But basically, his impact on attendance, like we talked about, was deemed extremely substantial. Uh-huh. So substantial in ticket sales and stuff along those those lines. Okay, all right. Dissecting all the data and all this stuff. Oh, outside, but we haven't even gotten the franchise valuation. Yet. We are running out of time for the episode. <laughs> like, look, okay, money, all that aside, I want to pose this question to you. Like, just honestly, do you think the superstar effect and superstars in general are good or bad for the true nature of the sport thinking about it from that perspective of the sport as a whole including it's like a sport is something that people watch like what we defined in the first episode of what a sport really is are these superstars healthy or unhealthy for the long-term lifespan of that sport extremely healthy Really? And the reason I think it's extremely healthy is because when you get a superstar who's talked about to an extent and mm-hmm. branches out beyond, because most superstars do, they branch out beyond just sport. Mm-hmm. Like you can go around and ask anybody, almost anybody mm-hmm. knows who LeBron James is. Yeah. And so the effect that they have brings viewership to the sport. Uh-huh. It creates a greater market for the sport and more mm-hmm. people become interested in the sport. Mm-hmm. And the superstar effect, we talked about the financials. It has broader reaches because superstars are also able to recruit better players for the most part. Mm -hmm. That's how you've gotten super teams in the NBA. Mm -hmm. It's also why when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, he was able to pull some great athletes there. Mm -hmm. So they help the front office get players. Mm -hmm. They also sell tickets. They also increase the valuation of the franchise. Like Cleveland valuation rose by 20%. That franchise Mm -hmm. from LeBron James being there. And then the community. Mm -hmm. It gives you somebody to rally behind, somebody to believe in, somebody to to respect and count on. Mm -hmm. If the superstar does something bad, yeah, that can be detrimental. Mm -hmm. 
but the overall gains mm-hmm. outweigh the risk. Okay. All so right. when you you bring in that athlete, you're bringing in tourism. You're bringing in everything you want from having a big franchise or a big sports franchise and why you want to host these events like the Super Bowl or mm-hmm. the Olympics and stuff like that. You bring attention to that city. Cleveland, there's a whole video on YouTube that's hilarious about how much Cleveland sucks. Mm, yeah. The Cleveland tourism videos on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The view of Cleveland when LeBron James went to Cleveland mm-hmm. changed. Mm. People loved Cleveland. Mm. And all of a sudden, Cincinnati fans were like, yeah, go Cleveland, go Cavs. You don't hear that about the Browns. You don't hear that about their other sports franchises. The superstar brings a greater nuance and a greater beauty to your place. But what about the negative superstar? For every hero, there's a villain, right? And I brought up Conor McGregor a lot. I'm not really talking about that specifically. But what about, and I'm not saying this is negative, but I want to get your opinion on YouTubers boxing. Because th- it, it's a similar thing. Correct. It's a very similar. You have these celebrities. And, and in this day and age, like a lot of YouTubers could be considered more famous than most celebrities out there. Like there are, there are tons of people that like more people that would follow this. And it was proven when say uh, like Logan Paul and KSI fought. That got asses in seats. That got people watching. I personally feel like if you play a sport and you respect the sport and you treat it like the way it should be treated with understanding like then it's good but there's a lot of people in the traditional boxing world who have like struggled to rise in the ring and like struggled with fights and like really put their bodies on the line risk their 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 health for years and years who look at this and get upset because they feel like it upsets the nature of the sport and the true like path of these fighters and like the risks that they take i don't fully agree with that i'm not a big sports guy but i I do follow boxing to some extent like but i also can kind of sympathize with that you have these people that just by their name alone they're given opportunities that other people who have arguably worked harder and fought harder and had a longer more difficult struggle lose out on that chance and i could definitely see where they're coming from with that where a fighter who arguably on paper deserves a fight more or deserves a chance more doesn't get it because someone with more celebrity is able to do that there's the health of the sport in terms of like more people watching versus like the true nature of the sport where it's like anyone can rise. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's an interesting balance in that. I will say in this particular case, boxing itself has been dying out. Mm-hmm. Until the Logan Paul KSI fight, boxing was on the brink of disappearing from marketability. Not many people talk outside of like the Floyd Mayweather fights, you know, or like any big name. Like MMA was starting to rise faster. Yeah. Arguably now you could say that MMA is, I don't know. I mean, the MMA numbers. is bigger than, than boxing, especially mm-hmm. in the United States. Yeah. Um, obviously, boxing in and of itself, uh, Hispanic population is prominent in boxing. Mm-hmm. They yeah. they love boxing yeah. for the most part. Uh, that's their primary demographic mm-hmm. that has been following for years and years and years. It's interesting in that sense. So there's this there's this interesting concept within marketing that makes it really interesting. And there's, you said there's interesting like six. Times. I know I can't. My brain is <laughs> things are turning. Uh-huh. Um, there's this concept that exists that there is no such thing as bad press. Mm-hmm. And it's something who the owner of the Dallas Cowboys truly believes in Jerry Jones can't stand him myself, but Mm -hmm. that's beside the point. He has a point Mm -hmm. when you get press, you get press, whether it's good, whether it's bad, your name, your franchise, whatever it is, it still gives you attention, which gives interest, which Mm -hmm. gives likelihood of sales. Mm -hmm. And when people are talking about you, you're going to have positive stuff happen versus when nobody's talking about you. Mm -hmm. 
So yes, to a degree, I agree that YouTubers and big names getting an opportunity in sports that otherwise other people get an opportunity is to an extent detrimental to the athlete's Mm -hmm. side and the athlete perspective within that sport. Mm -hmm. But the overall long-term effects Mm -hmm. far outweigh those negatives. Mm -hmm. And anybody even within that can understand that to a degree because it's like, if these are suddenly selling, when I have my next fight, I can be the undercard or I can be the primary card or I could use this to my advantage and make them the undercard. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you get a bigger payout. Yeah, I actually agree with that because I feel like the long-term health of a sport, the more eyes on it, the better, the more people are inspired to do it. A boxing is a special case because I am a big proponent of caution when it comes to the dangers of boxing. Not a lot of people realize the dangers. You want to talk about like football having brain injuries, get punched in the head for 12 rounds, you know, just like get punched in the head for 12 rounds. It's not a healthy way to live and it's dangerous. And I think a lot of the fighters who have have been there for a long time know the dangers and a lot of like YouTubers who have been like, I want to fight. They now realize the dangers of getting punched in the face repeatedly. And and so when people are more interested, I just would caution other people be like, I want to fight in the ring. Just be like, be aware. It's dangerous, just like most sports. It's very physical, very dangerous. And that's the majority of the concern that I have when this came out was Mm -hmm. that they go into it not knowing the risks, just looking for the payout and the long-term effects of things like that. Yeah. Even one fight could could mess you up. Yeah. It could. It absolutely could. Oh, yeah. There's a professional boxer who was considered amazing who became paraplegic. There's been people killed in the ring. Yeah. From one punch, falling wrong, getting hit wrong, wrong spot. They Their head wasn't in the right position. Like, And that's it. Like, People have died doing numerous sports, and it's dangerous. That's not to say, like, oh, these people shouldn't be promoting these sports, because, like, as we've talked about, the nature of sports is in humans' blood. You know, it's in our hearts. It's in our souls. The competition, the drive, you know, the, the willingness to push yourself. That's what sports is all about. And all these different types of sports are different avenues for this kind of, like, surge spirit to come through. But, you know, I think we can agree, and I have learned on this episode, that the superstar effect is not only real, it can be a benefit to not just the team, but the community in general. It can be yep. a financial benefit, it can be an inspirational benefit. And it can, and be, it can be a recruitment tool. It can be a recruitment tool. There are many positives, there are a few negatives, but I think the positives outweigh the negatives. Yeah. Is that a good summary? I would say so. You right. picked up a lot of what I was putting down. And next week, we get to talk about the truest superstar of all the greatest of all time no the uh sir tom brady if there was an american equivalent of knighting someone tom brady what his legacy is what his career was where he grew up and why he's not the greatest of all time in my opinion I, uh, I I don't have much of an opinion on Tom Brady, but if you've been following any of uh, my videos with Tyler in the past, it is a common occurrence that Tom Brady gets brought up, and we are going to dissect exactly why Tyler does not think that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Like, we'll analyze his performance, we'll analyze it comparing to other players, correct? This is what we're going to be doing? We're, we'll look at the data. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. We're going to look at the data. And then we will get a definitive discussion of tom brady the man the myth the legend question mark oh i think he's a legend i think he's an nfl legend i just don't think we can definitively call him the greatest of all time all right we will talk about it next week look forward to that that'd be a great boxing match me versus tom brady i feel like he'd win no (laughs) no mark no
Anyway, we're all out of time. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week on Go! My favorite sports team. Uh, make sure and follow us on whatever listening channel you're on and check out Mark's stuff over wherever he is on YouTube and social media and my stuff over on TikTok, Twitch, and all of that. More importantly, tell your friends. Tell your friends who don't like sports. If you're someone who have been listening to this podcast and you are not a sports person, that's great. This is what this podcast is for, for people that know sports and don't know sports. So tell your friends who don't know sports as well that this can still be a podcast for them to laugh at my stupidity. And the coolest thing about this that I've already heard from people is people have been able to grab some stuff to be able to have a discussion with those that are really passionate about sports yeah. and can understand other people's passions. Mm -hmm. Because sharing passions is something about the human experience that is so wonderful. It's a willingness to understand. And we hope with, that's our mission actually with this podcast, is to bridge the divide between those who are sport people and those who are like, ooh, sport ball people who, you know, you don't have to be that. You can have some understanding. There is some excitement to be had. I get like secondhand excitement, even though I don't really know what I'm talking about. But it's cool. Anyway, we're out of time. Yeah, go listen to another episode. Yeah. Goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.